Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It As It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And Christian, we're just going to kind of have the same conversation that we've been having about this team for the last couple of weeks because they, they just keep impressing me. I, I don't I don't know how they keep one-upping it, but they just keep doing it. They go into Pittsburgh for their second straight game against the Penguins without Val Nachushkin on top of everything else. They get Bowen Byram back, but it's his first game in over three months. And then they play better and win by more. I really have just lost ways to wrap my head around it sometimes. I was completely under the mentality that they were more than likely going to lose this game, considering everything you just laid out. Because it just makes sense that they it would just make sense. It makes sense for them to lose this game, especially because you beat Pittsburgh in a close game at home. You're going back to Pittsburgh's barn, even more banged up than you already were. Everything said they were going to lose this game. And like you just said, they played better than they did on Saturday. And the score won't show that, but the Avs kicked the shit out of the Penguins in Pittsburgh's building against a pretty much fully healthy Pittsburgh team. Yeah. A Penguins team without Jason Zucker and Brock McGinn. I off the top of my head, I think that's about all they've got. And a Penguins team that is locked in a pretty intense race with the New York Rangers right now for home ice in the first round. And they couldn't get a single point in either of those games. And again, let me reiterate, no Landeskog, no Kadri for both Penguins games. No Val Nachushkin as he had an illness for this game. No Sam Gerrard. Bo Byram returns for this game, but no one knows what he's going to look like. It's his first game in months. And they played better. It was almost like an exact copy of the first game, except the first period was closer. The second period was even more swayed in the Avs' favor. And the third period was even more dominant. Yeah. Like the, the, the stats won't show how good the abs were in this game. Cause it looks way closer that second period. I think we were out shooting them like six to one at one point, And then the penguins got a little rush at the end. Like the, the abs played a fantastic hockey game, but it was, it, it, I'm struggling to find the words to just say how much this team amazes me. Like they, they had no business winning this game and winning it easily too. Like if it's not for Devontae scoring on himself, that game is it's over at the end of the second period. Yeah. And it really, it really wasn't close for most of the time either. I thought, I mean, the first period I give the edge to the penguins a little bit, but again, I thought it was closer than it was on Saturday. The second period, the avalanche just took control. And then in the third period, they just kind of had their way with the penguins and at a certain point, they're up five to two with 15 minutes left. And that's why the, the shots in the third period, I think, were like 16 to 11 for Pittsburgh. I think like 11 of them came in five minutes just because 
they were done at that point. Pulled their goalie with like five minutes left, something like that. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was, it was just a great game from the avalanche from start to finish. Offensively, it was great. Defensively, they were good. Darcy Kemper continues to play great. Um, he finishes with a 9-11 save percentage and he gave up two goals in the final minute that probably he saves 95% of the time. And if it wasn't a out of hand game, the Gensel one's a rough one. That's a pretty that's a pretty lucky play. The Matheson one, it is six to three with 50 yeah. seconds left. You're about to clinch a playoff spot. I will forgive a lapse in judgment. I loved your tweet saying trade everyone. I completely agreed with it, man. Yeah, like, you, I think well, you just you had to sell the farm after that. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, like, you know, you got to just start winning eventually and start playing better. It's a, Agreed. And even when you're up six to three after scoring an empty netter, you know, you got you just got to make that save. I'm sure someone said that somewhere. Oh, 100% someone did. But it's it's still that's the reason the asphalt win the cup because <laughs> of that goal when you're up six to three. Six to three looks better than six to four. And that is why in this essay, I will be describing why they will lose to the Minnesota Wild in the second round and why this team cannot win anything. Thank you. And the Wild got their asses kicked by the Preds that same night. So, I mean, gosh. That's that's inconvenient. That's inconvenient to the narrative. Marc-Andre is the best goalie in the league. Don't don't tell anyone that. They'll get mad at you. Oh, it's it's so funny. But I – like I thought Darcy Kemper was rock solid again. And we talked about this on the last episode. I think this is kind of the strategy the Avs are taking with him. Like, they'll let the other team get a shit ton of shots. Darcy Kemper is going to stop them. And it, it looks it doesn't look great statistically for the abs, especially after last year when they were like allowing what like 15 shots a game. It seemed yeah, like there was a point like last year we were out shooting guys like 49 to 15. It's the opposite now. Well, we're we're getting outshot most nights. We got outshot both games against Pittsburgh. I think this one was even worse than the first one, if I remember right. Because yeah. the Penguins in this last one had 45. In the first one, they had 40. And we had 38 in the first one. And here we had 32. So shots wise, it was even more swayed towards the Penguins. Yeah, no, I, I think that's just the strategy, man. Like I, I know the Penguins had a ton of shots. I don't remember any of them being particularly dangerous. Yeah. I mean, and how many times have we said this now? How many consecutive episodes after a game have we said, yeah, they had 40 plus shots. How many of them were really, truly testing Darcy Kerry? There were a couple but for 45 shots, you would think there'd be a couple more that jump off the page. Yeah, there, there wasn't. I mean, he gave up like that first goal he gave up to Rust was a, wasn't the greatest rebound, but it didn't phase him. He came back and was rock solid. And I'm trying to think the second one. Oh, God, that's going to drive me crazy. Who scored the second one for the Penguins? Evan Rodriguez. Evan Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, Devontae scored on himself. Yeah, um, he made a great save on the breakaway. <laughs> like that was a great save, and it was just the bounce didn't go their way. Devontae scored on himself, um, and then like we said, the third, fourth ones like that's I, I don't take any worry in those. Yeah, like I mean? like this was not the Islanders game where they were up five to one and won five to four. Like they were in full control of this game. The Penguins got a, a very lucky play from Jake Gensel that was just under the crossbar and held up, and the a fluke goal from Mike Matheson, like the most score effects goal you will ever see that the only thing it affects is the box score. Yeah. And it, it's, I, I think that's just the way we got prepared for the playoffs. I, I'm sure the playoffs will be a little bit tighter, um, but it was, it, I, I was never really like the Penguins were getting shots. Darcy was just making all the saves. Like there were shots from the blue line with no traffic in front. Darcy gobbled them up. Like he, he I think that's stuff. just the strategy. That's just the strategy, man. And I'm okay with it. Uh, it. It's worked. I mean, you go back like against these good teams that this has happened to. What we've won like nine of nine of eleven of them. Like we lost the Carolina one, we lost Minnesota, and that one is. I thought the Avs played fantastic in that game. Um, I'm trying to remember what other one we lost. Vancouver. Like, yeah, Vancouver. I don't really consider like that. That's more of just like you, you shouldn't lose that game. But yeah, yeah. Like it, it's, and even in that game, Darcy Kemper wasn't bad. It was three, one. Yeah. I mean, so, there's really nothing to complain about with Darcy Kemper at all. And we, we gushed about him plenty on the last episode. So it's, it's, again, it's just the same story here. We know how to play in front of him. Now we know how to make him the most comfortable and it works. 
It's yeah. really just that simple. Even with the two goals he gave up in under a minute, the end of the game, he still finished with a 9-11 save percentage. Like, yeah. it didn't matter at all. And the, the main thing I took away from this game was the depth scoring and the amount of time, and obviously the trade deadline guys finally getting on the board as well and just continuing to just be so, so good across the board, all of them. Obviously, you had... Josh Manson scoring his first goal to put us up four too early in the third. Arturi Lekkinen, the empty netter to put the game away. We'll talk about more in a second. Arturi Lekkinen is the perfect addition to this team. Nico Sturm played outstanding again. Cogliano was very strong. And even just looking outside of who scored the goals and the points, the time on ice really does tell a big story. Obviously, you had the big guns, Rantanen, Berkey, and McKinnon playing over 20 minutes. But what struck me the most looking at this is how evenly dispersed the rest of the minutes were. You had Cogliano playing 13, Newhook playing 16 and a half, O'Connor playing 14 and a half, Comfort playing just about 18. You had Darren Helm just a hair under 10 minutes, Lekkinen at 18 and a half, Sturm at 14 and a half. Very evenly dispersed ice time, which three weeks ago was not the case. No. And here's the thing too. The depth guys are creating scoring chances. Like they're, they're playing fantastic. I mean, I, I almost jinxed Josh Manson so hard. I tweeted out how good of a game he was playing. And then he had that terrible pension that led to the Rodriguez goal. And I was like, God damn it, Josh Manson. Like I say something nice, but he made up for it. Um, like, but the depth guys are creating chances. You had JT Confer get a goal. You had Helm get a goal. You had, would you consider Lekin in a, help, a depth guy? I mean, I right now. Say- Right now, no. I mean, he's a pretty important piece, but we added him. We added him for the extra depth, and it just he fits in so well here. Yeah. So I mean, all the depth guys showed up big time, and the top guys showed up, and the result is a dominant win for the Avalanche. Again, like, and again, like like you said earlier, in a game that they really had no business winning coming into any other team yeah. in the league looks at this game and writes it off as, well, what are we supposed to do? Half of our top six is out and we're missing two critical defensemen. And we have our 20 year old rookie making his return to the lineup tonight. If they lost this game, I really would not have blinked twice at it. It's, It's like we opened this conversation with, they played better. I don't, I don't get it. And to kind of pivot Jared Bednar does not get enough credit for the Jack Adams because you look at this and be like, I just don't understand it. It's coaching is an excellent coaching staff who gets the guys ready for the game with great structures. That simple. Sometimes it's, it's that simple. He puts his players in the right spot to succeed and they go out and execute. So I, I agree. I don't think he gets the love he should get just because people just see the talent he has. And they're like, ah, like he, any coach could coach them to what they're doing. No, like there's plenty of teams with great talent who are don't have a good coach and they're struggling. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about like Vancouver, like if they would have Bruce Boudreau all year, it would have been a good coach, but they had Travis Green for the first 35 games and he sunk that team. And the Canucks have a ton of talent and a good goalie. So I agree. I don't think Jack or Jack Adams, I don't think Jared Bednar gets the Jack Adams love he should get. Um, I don't even think he'll finish top three this year. No, I don't. I'd I'd be stunned if I saw him in the top five, just, just from the, what we've seen from like the polls that have released so far, it's Sutter number one, Brendan Moore, number two, and who am I? Evanson three. Yeah. Dean, is it, or no, it's Andrew Brunette. That was, that one makes no sense to me. He's he literally just took over for Quenville and told them to just keep doing that. If anyone actually looked at the abs for longer than two seconds, and saw how injured this team has been all year and what Bednar has been able to get out of these guys in a game like this. Again, meaningless. The most meaning to this game is if you win, you clinch a playoff spot, which they did. By the way, Avs clinch a playoff spot. They are in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I was real worried for a second. I was real worried. Getting down to the final, you know, 12 games of the season. Yeah. Really sweating it out there. But yeah, just an utterly meaningless game for this team. And they they played like their their playoff lives were on the line in this one still. Yeah, and I'm, we've talked about it so many times that this team has not even reached its peak. Like people are worried the Avs peak. They haven't even come close to peaking. Like this is just baseline for what this yeah. team can do, in my opinion. People, and people I know I sound extremely biased saying that, but that's the god honest truth. This team hasn't come close to peaking because they haven't been at full form. Yeah, and even when they were at full form, we were watching that, like when they were on the 17-game home winning streak and they were finally getting healthy, 
we would still come on here and be like, it's not perfect. Like there's still a lot of things that need to improve here. You know, there's a reason they were losing in this game and had to come back in it. They're playing better now shorthanded than they were during that entire win streak. So you add these guys back into the lineup. The team just gets better and better. Like there's, there's only so many ways we can word it sometimes. Like this is just kind of what the show's going to be until the end of the season, just gushing about how they're doing this with no reinforcements. And it's not, it's not even just McKinnon carrying the load. He scores two goals in this game, but it's comp for scoring on that beautiful setup by Alex Newhook, just that beautiful net drive. Josh Manson scoring his first goal on the team. Darren Helm scoring his seventh goal set up by Logan O'Connor. And it's Arturi Lekkinen making everything happen on the ice and getting rewarded with that empty net goal. Darren Helm with the assist. Darren Helm's so funny to me because he, he and Logan O'Connor, they're like, I don't, I don't know how I want to describe it. They're like opposites of each other where LOC has no finish, but he gets way more chances. Does Darren Helm ever not finish a chance? But I feel like he gets like he gets like one a month. And he what's his shooting percentage this year? It's gotta be, it's gotta be ridiculously high. I gotta find out what it is. He probably has like 10 shots. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He scored on seven of them. Yeah, he has he has an 8.9 shooting percentage. He has 79 shots. Okay, where are those shots coming from? That is a that is a boosted stat. Yeah, I've never seen one. Like I agree with you. He he can finish. And Logan O'Connor, I we talked about in the last episode. He's found he's back in the role he should be in, and he's thriving in it. He was great last night or two nights ago. By the time you're listening to this, he was great. So I, the depth guys have been fantastic. Bednar putting them in the right situation to win, and when you add in these skill players like Landeskog and Kadri back into the lineup. I have complete faith that Bednar is going to put this team in the right situation a hundred percent of the time. Um, and the skill that this team can throw out there is just top notch. So I, I just, I, I don't know what else to say, man. Like if I want to critique something, I think that was maybe one of the best games he has played in a minute like against the Penguins. Like they, like there were, what are the flaws from that game? What would you say what the flaw from that game was? Off the top of my head, they went over three on the power play. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, their face-off percentage is still pretty terrible. Oh, they got their asses kicked yeah, face-off. 37% on face-offs. I mean, come on. Let's do, yeah. let's do a little better with that. McKinnon. Granted, we're down two of our top face-off guys, so I don't really take too much yeah. into that. But McKinnon, 21% on face-offs. We, if we got to critique something, come on, Nate. Yeah. I know you scored two goals. Well, you know, but you didn't win a face off percentage, buddy. Yeah, your face off percentage, buddy. You know, gotta do better. <laughs> I'm being, I'm I being, mean, I'm not saying, yeah, that. no, I, I, I just, I, I'm trying to think, man. Like, PK was good. I think the PK has been great. I, I have nothing to critique. So, I'm going to go into the next story that warmed my heart and I'm sure warmed a lot of Av's heart. The 20 year old phenom. Bo Byram made his long-awaited return to the Avs lineup. And Griffin, he looked really fucking good. Like, for a guy who hasn't played in three months, he's really fucking good. His instincts are just close to Kale McCars, I'd say. There were a couple times he was jumping up the play, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's Bo Byram. I'm not worried about him because he has the speed to get back. He set up, was it Newhook on that first power play? And Newhook got a – it was a great save by Jari. Um, I like Bo Byram. We talked about last but he is the true wild card because if he can come back and get better from where he was last night, this decor is without a doubt going to be the best decor in the playoffs. I don't think there's one even close to it. I completely agree. I don't think there is one close to. I didn't know what to expect from Byram coming into this game. He just played a damn solid game. He didn't look out of place. He was always in the right spot. He looked like he had his legs underneath him. He made the smart plays. He laid three hits, which is the same as Manson. He had multiple take. He had the most takeaways of anybody on the team last night. He played 15 minutes in his first game back and played most of the night on the power play too. He's played a good number on the, the second power play unit as well. I had nothing to, to say about him. The ma- I thought it was pretty cool. They called that penalty on him in the first period yeah, that was, that was brutal. That, 
that made up penalty. But if you watch the replay, it's inarguable. They made that one up. That even the Penguins broadcast was like, yeah, that's that's not a penalty. <laughs> yeah. They literally came out and said exactly what happened. You know, that's Crosby going over to the officials after the abs had a power play and the refs make up a penalty. That's exactly what that was. And I'm, I'm sure the official felt really tough yelling at the kid who had a concussion problems for the last three months and for this entire season after he didn't like the call, I'm sure he felt real good telling him to shut up and go to the box. Yeah. Like it was, that bothered me, but yeah, that was bad. But I mean, the kid is just so good. I, I loved it last night. He played with Kale McCarr. Holy shit. Watching those two on the ice. I know Devon Taves is going to be Kale McCarr's partner, but fucking hell, that was dope. Seeing Byron and McCarr skate together. Like, it is. It was poetry motion. I, I think the abs were in the offensive zone the entire time those two were on the ice together. That's favorite, just how good they were. My favorite thing about that is Bo Byram's 20. Yeah. Kill McCarr's 23. Like we're, not, we're not talking about losing any, any of these guys soon. Like, and, like looking way down the road to when Devon Taze's contract expires, when he gets paid $15 million or whatever he's going to get. You just put Bo Byram right there, and then oh, you go from Devontae's to the the duo you're going to have for the next 15 years on defense. It's just it's utterly hilarious. Bo Byram, yeah. like it was just so good to see him back. Like you said, a genuinely heartwarming thing to see, and that he he played well. He's only going to get better. The whole we should rewind. We were talking about last episode. It made sense to bring him back against the Kings. The reasoning they're bringing him back now is just like why waste the games. We've got yeah. three, we got three games this week. We got 12, 13 games before the playoffs. You just, you give them as much time as you can. And I have no argument. If he's ready to go, he's ready to go. And by God, was he ready to go? Yeah. I, I don't know if you had time to read it. AJ of DMVR put out an awesome article about Byram's recovery. And I completely agree with him. He said, this is how teams should handle players with concussions. And you put you take the honus completely out of your self need, and you put it all on the player. If the player's ready and they pass all the tests, they can play. But if the player's not feeling right, you just don't. They don't play, and there's no if ands or buts. The player decides, and I couldn't agree with that more. I thought the Avs handled that with class, and like Bo Byram's got to feel like he's supported by not only his teammates but the organization as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you could not have done that any better as an organization that's why around the trade deadline i got so upset at that rumor that you now bo byram wants out of colorado like that was just a bunch of bullshit made up by vancouver media in order to put some spark under byram trade rumors the avalanche could not have treated him better and byram could not have been more personally responsible for himself to take himself out of what was a dangerous situation with concussion symptoms the whole thing was handled perfectly from both sides. Everybody took their time. And now Bo is completely healthy, knows he's ready, was not rushed back. And we're going to reap the benefits of it. Yeah. It's, and I was worried about how he'd come in and play with Rust. He's only going to get better. And I thought last or Monday night against the Penguins, he was fantastic, dude. Like he was so fucking good. And you add back in another guy who's going to come back on Friday against the Oilers or Jets yep. and Samuel Gerard, like because Sammy G's going to be back too. This defense is looking fucking gorgeous, dude. Yeah. And now, now all of a sudden, your defense is healthy. Stands for Ryan Murray. But if Ryan Murray was healthy, would he be playing on a healthy defense? Is the question here. Your your defense with Sam back is fully healthy. Reinforcements are back. And that has to be terrifying for other teams. Because yeah, the defense has been the best it's been all year without those guys. Yeah, it's been outstanding. And now they're getting reinforcements and having Bo Byron back and having a healthy Sam Gerrard back as well with the defensive systems that have been in place. What hope do you have to get past and them? My thing is we've been critical of the abs all year. Like they've had some terrible offenses on turnovers. You put back in a Bo Byram and a Sam Gerrard who are great puck moving defensemen. That problem could disappear overnight. And I don't want to hear people say Sam Gerrard's been bad all year. He was probably battling that back injury for a lot longer than we ever knew. And he's fully healthy now. I expect Sam Gerrard to be back to 
a very good NHL defenseman. And you're talking about Sam Madura, maybe our third pair defenseman. He may yeah. be our third pair defenseman. And like, for, of no fault of his own, because we just don't know how good Bo Byram can be right yeah. now. So it's, it's awesome. I, we've talked about it for so long now, just getting those reinforcements defensively, those reinforcements are here. And I think if I'm the Winnipeg Jets, Friday could be a terrifying game for you. Like how funny is that, that we are the team that has just clinched the playoff spot. First team in the West to do so. We are leagues ahead of the competition. And we're talking about a team like the Jets that is desperate in their playoff hunt right now. They are on the outside looking in. They're falling out of the race day by day. Every single game, they're getting further and further back of Vegas and Dallas. And they're the ones that have to be worried about us still. Yeah, Unheard of at this point in the season. 100% 100% everywhere. I mean, you're talking about this team is just the abs are just going to get better. I am ecstatic to watch. Like, I don't know who Sammy G is going to play with. I'd assume Jack Johnson, maybe Josh Manson. Like, I, I just don't know. They were teasing us with him and Byram together. I don't know if I like that those two together. I think now that you have Josh Manson, I think you can split those two up and I'd be pretty comfortable with those two being split up. But I mean, give me that all day. This is a good problem to have. And Here's the thing that sucks about it because you're more than likely, I think we're all, no one really wants to say it, but it's kind of been proven in the ice time. Eric Johnson's probably the odd man out. He is. I mean, currently right now, he is the odd man out. Byram comes back and obviously now McDermott is scratched on the defense. Eric Johnson plays 1255. His direct competition for who would be the other guy scratched is Jack Johnson. Played 1956, just under 20 minutes. It's really not a question as to who's going to get scratched. I just don't know where Eric fits into here right now. What What, what are your thoughts on this? This is a totally crazy idea. I have not thought out at all. I think Eric Johnson will make a better forward than Curtis McDermott. It's def- like Curtis McDermott is such an interesting situation with us because he has one job. And one yeah. job only. How many and minutes did he play last night? I don't think he touched the ice in the third or second period. He played three minutes, three forty. Oh, okay, yeah, right. He he has one job. It is to put the fear of God into another team, and you put him on forward just because. Lol, why not? And with Eric Johnson, it's like we just talked about. And now our depth is so good. What's even the point? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Right? Yeah. It's it, it sucks because I I don't think EJ's played particularly bad. No, games. this team is just so good and so deep that you really can't afford to take a step back at all. And EJ hasn't been bad. He hasn't been particularly great. It, it, it sucks because he hasn't been bad enough to lose his job, but someone's got to go. Yeah. It's someone not going to be Jack unless Jack falls off a hill in these last 13 games. He's your day one starter in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's and played how, that. And well. How could he not be? He deked, I forget exactly who he deked out of their jock, but do you see that one? Yeah. Like he's, he's been just, good, man. And the ice time shows it. And it sucks because EJ is an instrumental leader. And I I I do kind of think that if there's anyone who's gonna be benched and handles it with grace, I, I think it's Eric Johnson. It, abs- um, it absolutely will. I mean, he's been the the heart of this team for yeah. ever. Like he's the longest tenured guy on the team. And it's gonna, it's not gonna be a popular decision. There's gonna be guys on the team that don't like it. But what's the alternative here? Like I just because yeah. I I struggle with the idea of scratching Eric Johnson because he is such an important part of the team and the culture. But it's like I just said, what do you do and do you scratch Manson? No. You don't, and you're not scratching Jack you, Johnson. Like we, that's you, very clear. They're not scratching Jack Johnson. You, what, do what you else scratch? Do you go seven D maybe? But then again, you're taking. I mean, if actually that could be interesting because Aubrey Q Bell played six minutes. He's the yeah. one guy who just did not play. I didn't think of that. They could do. Goes, they could do that for now. Uh, get Byron. But, but also, then you have Nachush, You have Nachushkin coming back because he was he was sick. Yeah, so they're they're not, like you're not going to scratch. Back. I don't think. I don't think Nico Sturm, Logan O'Connor, or anyone like that is yeah. deserved to be scratched. Like you get you get one guy back on offense, and it's gonna be yeah. Nachushkin against the Jets. They're not they're not gonna scratch anyone on offense. And just as okay as EJ's been, he just hasn't done anything in particular. It's like, well, you 
you can't lose this from your lineup because you're getting it from someone else. You have now Josh Manson, who's kind of what we want EJ to be. What Coming into this season, EJ was Josh Manson to us. Yep. He plays with Sam Girard, and he's our fourth defenseman right now. And now that's, that's Josh Manson. Yeah. We went, we went out the deadline, and we upgraded on EJ. And Sam Girard's going to come back and play 22 minutes a game. Like that's, he's a minute eater as much as some people like to rag on him. He he's a minute eater. That's what he does best. So I, I agree. It bums me out. Cause like you said, EJ hasn't done anything to lose his job. Like well, I mean, there, there's, a couple, there's been a couple games where he's been bad, but when you look at other teams and they look at the guy that's going to get scratched, like the older guy is going to get scratched. They're like, this guy stinks. He can't play in the NHL. And we're talking about our seventh defenseman. Like, there's just nowhere for him to go. There's only six spots on the defense. It sucks. There's not one more for him because he still deserves a job. Yeah. He find me a better seventh defenseman in the NHL. Though. There isn't one. Yeah, there isn't one. EJ Most would still probably be a top. One. Yeah. He'd be a top six D man on any other team. I'd yeah. say like really name me one team that Eric Johnson does not play on. Like no matter what your opinion on Eric Johnson is 31 other teams will play him. Florida oh, yeah. would play him. Carolina would play him. hundred percent would play him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm naming the, the better teams in the league because is there even one of them that wouldn't play Eric Johnson? I don't think so. Like he, if he were to go, like, let's put a little bit closer on If he went to Washington, he'd probably be a top pair defenseman at Washington. I'm watching them right now. And yes, he would. Yeah. Like, like I'm he top, top five teams in the league, Colorado, Florida, Carolina, Toronto, New York. Colorado is the only team that can't have Eric Johnson in their top six. Yeah, I agree. And it's a good problem to have yeah. because like we were talking about off air, there's going to be an injury and I would, I feel hundred percent comfortable throwing in Eric Johnson into our D when an injury happens. Cause that's, that's playoff hockey. Someone's going to get fucking hurt. Yeah. So you're talking 28 games at most of high, high intensity. It's good. It's, something's going to happen. So I'm cool with it. It's a it's a bummer just because like I think it's more of a bummer because like you said, he's been with the Avs for so long and he's been such an integral part of building the culture and bringing this team back from the dead that having him sit on the bench just seems wrong. But the the way the minutes are shaping up, I I just think he's the odd man out. He has to be like there. It's like I said, what's the alternative to it then? There's really nothing else you can do here unless you're you're rotating in Jack Johnson and Eric Johnson on a game-by-game -game basis, but Jack is just playing so well that that really doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like you were just talking about, like we talked about before we started. You have all these conversations about who's the odd man out going to be. When you get to the playoffs, Eric Johnson's probably going to play most games. 100%. There's going to be someone ahead of him who's hurt. Because that's just how it's going to happen in the playoffs. That's how it's always worked. It's the same conversation when we talk about Abe Kubel on offense. He's clearly the odd man out. But that doesn't mean he's not going to play in the playoffs. Because the second someone gets hurt, guess who's coming right back in there? It's going to happen. It's the playoffs. It could happen game one. I mean, we talked all last season about what this team's going to look like game one of the playoffs. Who was gone after game two against St. Louis? Nazem Kadri. Gone yep. the entire time. It's like suspension, injuries, whatever. It's going to happen that way. And the fact that the Avalanche have been injured so much, I've, I've been thinking throughout this episode, what other team has even come close to the amount of injuries that we've had? The, thinking about it more, it's the Penguins from earlier in the season when they had no Crosby, no Malkin. But who since? Vegas? But even then, they, they still have to make it first before I can yep. put them in that conversation we're going to benefit from all this in the playoffs. And then when in the playoffs, you are healthy, and then eventually you're not anymore, guess which team is going to have the most experience to deal with that kind of situation? Us. Yeah. I mean, look at the records without some of these star players for the Avs. Like, it, it's been fantastic. So I, I feel good about the players we're going to scratch. I think we all kind of have an idea who the players are going to be scratched. But because you scratch Knack for – uh, Val, I mean, you still got to figure out who you're going to scratch when you bring back Landy and Kadri, though. Yeah, that's an, another interesting conversation. Like, 
I just, I just have no idea. There's so many good players on this. Like, thank God it's the end of the season. Thank God this isn't like November and we have so many good players that we just have to lose two guys on waivers at this point. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. So my advice, bet on the avalanche every single night. Seems to work most of the time. And if DraftKings Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy hockey contests, just like me. Just about every single day you can play for as little as a dime or for just about as much as you want. Set a lineup under the salary cap and just give it a run. What's the worst that can happen? DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Darren Helm, but he hasn't played bad enough to be scratched. You've got uh... Darren Helm's going to Darren Helm's going to score an OT goal in the playoffs. Yeah. Like that's that's just how his season's shaking up. That yeah. he just randomly finds these openings. It's going to be a double OT game against Minnesota on the road in the second round. A game that is just bearing deep into the night. The Wild fourth line takes a shift off, and Darren Helm's just wide open because that's just. That just lines Playoff up hockey. something that he yeah. would do. But like, that's the thing. Like, who who do you scratch? I really don't know. I because the fourth line, you've got Nax, probably the odd man out there. Cogliano's been great in his role. Darren Helm's been really good lately. Logan O'Connor's been better. Like, I I don't know who you scratch. Like, if I could just go off the of the ice times, it looks like it would be Cogliano because he. He plays the the least of anyone we're talking about here, but I don't think Jared Bednar is going to take him off the penalty kill because he yeah. is a monster on the penalty kill, especially with Nico Sturm. What are we talking about? Like th- this is a good problem to have because now we're talking about like if a forward gets hurt, you can throw in all these guys because you can talk first lines probably when the, everyone's healthy. It's Mac, Miko, Berkey. When everyone's healthy, they're, for game one of the playoffs, it's going to be Landeskog, depending, yeah. depending on how he is. But for game one of the playoffs, it's going to be all guns firing. And then second line, Kadri, Nachushkin, and we're both on the same page. It's probably going to be Lekkinen just because him and Val are disgusting together. It should be. I mean, it's the same problem. It affects Berkey, too. There's so many good players on this team, and I want to give credit to Berkey because I'm very harsh on him on this show as much as I love him. He had a fantastic game against yeah, the Penguins. Two points. Great game. Two points in this game and was directly involved. It wasn't just secondary assists. He set up a lot of those plays and had some very smart shots that Jari saved. A couple great chances for him. But yeah, like then you're talking a third line of Burakovsky, Comfer, and Newhook. That line is That's a disgusting. Deep. That's a you perfectly match, capable second line. You match that up against other teams' third lines. Outside of Florida, that's better than a majority of the NHL forward wise, and they're going to be going up against third pair defensemen. Like I mean, that's Florida's third line. Defeat. Yeah. Florida's third line is Sam Reinhardt, which is shockingly good. Anton Lindell and Mason Marchman, which is, I'd say that's marginally better than what the assets actually kind of similar. Lundell and Newhook, both rookies centering their lines. I'd say you give the edge on Reinhardt over Berkey and Marchment over Comfer, but I'd take Newhook over Lundell maybe. I don't know. The it's close. Pan- the Panthers have that better third line, but that's the only team. Like, let's – I feel like it's fair to compare us to the Wild. Jordan Greenway, Joel Eriksson, Marcus Foligno. Dude, that's their second line. That's not their third line. They're playing them at second line minutes right now. Well, Cap Friendly has that listed as their third line. Their second oh. line is Frederick Gaudreau, Kevin Fiala, and Tyson Jost. That's <laughs> 
that seems more that reasonable seems- as a third line. Yeah. But even then, I was just about to say, I'd take our third line over their second line. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love Tyson Jost. We've said nothing but nice things about Tyson Jost. If he would have stayed on this team, it's not even a question he's scratched. Yeah. Like, it's not even a question. It's not even a question, especially after the guys we got, and especially the fact that we caught Nico Sturm straight up for him. Yeah. Just fits the team better. Yeah. So that's your third line, which is better than 98% of the league. And like, maybe it's not Berkey. Maybe they do put Lekkinen down there, which I would disagree still. with. But imagine it's Lekkinen and yeah, Newhook down there in comfort. I'd argue that's even more dangerous. Like there's yeah. you just have so many options. And and me putting Berkey on the third line has everything to do with Lekkinen and nothing to do with Berkey. Because again, Lekkinen and Nachushkin is such a dangerous duo. And Nachushkin and Kadri have been so great together all season long. I, I don't know how you can separate any of them. And you put Berkey, one of your more potent scorers and most able to score at any given moment on your third line, playing lesser competition and giving a great line mate to Alex Newhook and Comfer, who can occasionally chip in there too, as he did on this, in this game of getting a, a new hook rebound. What are we talking about here? <laughs> third li- a third line's players who have played second line, top six minutes this year. Like, and again, a doubt. if an injury happens in the top six in the playoffs, you can put Berkey back up there. If two yep. happen, you put Newhook up there. You That third line is a perfectly capable second line. Yeah. This is not I mean, they're doing it right now. They're this doing it right not, now. Yeah, and this is not a conversation we were having three weeks ago. No, no, it's not. And then your fourth line is just a bunch of grinders who are just going to annoy the shit out of you. Whoever you throw out there on, yeah, like your fourth line is probably Nico Sturm, Logan O'Connor, and Helm or Cogliano. Yeah, like <laughs> give me that all day, dude. <laughs> that is as a gross fourth line. Like I trust them defensively when you're playing on the road and you're more than likely to get matched up against teams top line. I trust them defensively. Yeah, so outstanding fourth line, and now yeah. and now that you see guys like that scoring again, you have Darren Helm. Scoring again. Logan O'Connor is going to score here soon. I know. Oh, yeah. He's getting real close. He's due for one. I wouldn't be surprised if it's on this road trip. Um, But like this is, like you said, three weeks ago, we weren't having this conversation. We weren't. And it's it's just all all positive news right now. Um, Even more positive news. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog skated today back in Denver. He's, I think Bednar said that he's going to be back before the playoffs or yeah. at the playoffs. Kadri, I don't know if he ended up skating, but I know that he's getting close to skating again. Um, so you're talking the two top guys, the two guys now that we were worried about are skating and all signs point to them being back. I wouldn't be shocked if they play the last week of the year, just those three central teams. Yeah. Like, and even if they are completely healthy by then, if there's any doubt, then they just shouldn't play until the playoffs because yeah. like, you just have that option. You don't need to rush anything. You don't. It's it's so good, dude. I, I'm so happy. And Landy's coming back is going to be huge. Like, it's so funny like to think about it, that Landy, he's been out now for like three weeks, and he's still our second leading goal scorer. Like, <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. That just shows you how good this team is. Um, so Landy coming back is going to be huge. Kadri, he's been fantastic this year, but I was really worried about – how we play without him. And I think we played better without him. And that's not a dig on Kadri because Kadri's been fantastic this year. So yeah, it's just everyone stepped that, up their game. Yeah. Everyone stepped up their game. This is going as perfect as you can go with all these players injured. Yeah. Like, it's going as perfect as you can go. So I'm very happy. And we, we saved the biggest news for the last thing on this uh, show, because like we said, it's the biggest news. My boy, Curtis McDermott signs for two more years and it's I was surprised. I might be one to say I was surprised, but then you see the contract file and you go, Oh, they basically just signed into a minor league deal. <laughs> like he's not making more than what a minor leaguer is making. And what Bednar said, I think is just very indicative of the culture they built for the avalanche. He's one of the hardest workers. The team loves him and that's it. Like that's, and he's decent enough. He's played in the most games he's played in his career. He's been better, I think, compared to the start of the year. He's been significantly better. And he's just sounds like a good locker room guy to have. 
and he scares the shit out of everyone else <laughs> on the other team's bench. Yeah, just something nice to have in your back pocket. I mean, talk about just news that came out of nowhere yesterday. Just random Curtis McDermott extension. I was I was surprised at the timing. I wasn't surprised that they did this. You you could tell they were not going to let him walk. And the plan obviously isn't that they're going to play him too much next year. It's going to be the same thing as this year. When there's injuries, he's going to jump in. He's probably going to play maybe a little more than half the season like he has this year. Not a bad and, thing. And he hasn't been bad enough this season defensively to be worried about it. And it's, no. it's, a, it's a marginal raise on his last contract. His current contract he's on right now is 875. The next one is 987. It's a $100,000 more. It doesn't really count anything extra against yep. the cap. And it's just, you have them and nobody else does. That's just a weapon you have in your back pocket. Yeah. And he has two goals this year, still more than Giannis Donskoy. So shout out my boy, Curtis. Um, happy for you, man. Come on the fucking podcast. Oh yeah. Now, uh, now we have plenty of time to get him on. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty much guaranteed what Jersey I'm getting next now. I, I, I know which one I'm getting. So we, we got to commit to it now. Cause he's, yeah. he's clearly not going anywhere. Anyway. No, he's not going anywhere. So um, good for him. I'm happy for him. He earned it, but he's, he's, it's going to be the same role he has this year. And I'm completely okay. It's never a bad thing to have guys like Curtis McDermott. Yeah. Never a bad thing. It's a bad thing when he plays like top four minutes, they, there are guys in the league that play like a third line or a top four role on their team. And they're not better than Curtis McDermott. Curtis McDermott as your seventh, eighth defenseman, and also a guy you can throw in on the fourth line every now and again, why not? Why not? Just have them round, round out all of your skills. It's just a, you're going to play the wild one night, throw them out there, have them kick some ass. Yeah. Have them fight Delorier. But it's, it was like, it was shocking news. Uh, I want to thank everyone who reached out to me to, uh, it was almost like I signed the contract. So um, thank you to everyone who reached out to me. Uh, I appreciated the, uh, the love I got and I will continue to speak be the biggest number one Curtis McDermott fan on the face of the earth. So you're the president uh, of the Curtis McDermott fan. I'm surprised he didn't reach out to you and thank you. I, I know my buddy, Steve, Steve Steger, shout out Steve Steger said, uh, I should get a portion of that contract. And Curtis, if, even if you just give me like 50 bucks, man, I, I, that's, yeah, that's fine like with me. A, it's like a little clause in there. Like president yeah. of the fan club, Christian Belay gets a good hundred dollars out yeah. of this contract. Just give me a dollar, man. I'll continue to fight the good fight for you, man. I'll fight the good fight. Yeah, give me so, a hug. Yeah, like, and maybe maybe a stipulation is you gotta come on the podcast once. That, that that could be the only stipulation. So that's an off season thing. We'll 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 see if we can wrangle Curtis in because that would be that'd be a dream. That'd be a dream. So, um, I think we've run out of good things to say, and we'll probably do the same thing next episode. But, um, this was fun. I had a blast. Yeah, I mean our. These are just our episodes until the end of the season. It's like, okay, the Avalanche are supposed to lose this game against a good team because they have no players and they pretty much completely dominate them. And now they're further and further away from the pack in the Western Conference. They clinched a playoff spot, which we just really haven't talked about because, duh, of course they did. They're 14 points up on everyone. It's only step one. I, just, I also find it funny we're closer to clinching the Central than we are to Minnesota clinching home ice in the first round. That's pretty funny. We're just so far, great. so far ahead of everybody. What else do you want from this team, really? Like, the, the only thing we have to say is, well, let's see in the playoffs. Everything I've seen suggests this team is going to perform in the playoffs. Yeah. There's, They're only going to get better before the end of the season. So they're, they're literally missing. They were in this game. They were literally missing half of their top six. Landis Gaga, the captain, Kadri, who was probably going to hit 100 points if he didn't get injured, and Val Nachushkin, who has just been the glue that holds everything together in the top six. They were missing all of that and still won. Like, yeah, you're missing, you're missing basically think, your whole second line for parts again, of the season. Let me reiterate against the Penguins, who are a very good team and currently locked into a very close race in the Eastern Conference for home ice in the first round. And they really didn't have that much trouble with them nope. at all. Like it was ease. 
was what, what was that stat that you tweeted out that like against like playoff teams, you have seven, the number one record and number one point percentage. Oh yeah. We all remember that narrative that came out like after the Bruins game, like all the avalanche, they just can't beat good teams that we struggle against good teams. I'll pull that up in just a second. Cause I tweeted it before the game, but they have the best record of anybody in the league. Here it is record against top 10 teams by points percentage. The avalanche now 13, four and two after beating the penguins, the Panthers are 13, five and three. And now we go find, Oh, the Boston Bruins five, 11 and three Tampa Bay, 17, 13 and five. Minnesota, 10, 6, and 3. Calgary, 11, 6, and 2. Not many teams even have a winning record against playoff teams. And we are 12 and 6, 13 and 6 now. That's pretty good. Pretty it's, solid, I'd say. Like, what do you <laughs> what else do people want from this team? Get out of the second round. That's it. If That's, they get out of the second round. Like it's it's pretty much over for everyone. I'm gonna be insufferable if when we if we get out of the second round. Oh yeah, like, when we play when we play Minnesota and get out of the second round, like oh they're gonna hear it. This the Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup is going to make a lot of people very oh, so because bad. people have, we haven't even done anything yet, and people are so tired of us being good and always being at the top because we're not a. Like people, I don't know why people don't market us more. I don't know why we don't appear more, but regardless, I don't know why they don't sell us more, but I think they're upset that it's not like the Leafs or someone that's doing something like this. And it's a, a smaller market team like the app. So they just don't talk about us. And then like, Oh, Calgary's actually the team to beat in the West. So Darcy Kemper, he's, he's fine, but he's not going to get any Vesna consideration. Jared Bednar, clearly the best coach in the league this season, probably not even going to break into the top five. No, Roman Yossi, uh, definitely better than Kale McCarr this season, which is blatantly untrue. And then when we finally go all the way and win this thing, it's going to make a lot of people very angry because they're like, well, we were told that a team like the Avs can't win, but you didn't watch us all year. Everything I've ever heard about this team from the national media has just been indicative that they don't pay any attention to us. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Please don't. Please continue to underestimate what, to me, is the best team of the last decade. This team, to me, is, is on paper not as good as they were last year, but this team is way better. In a playoff series, this team smokes last year's team. 100%. 100%. Were you saying best team of the decade in the NHL or in just Colorado Avalanche history? In the, in the NHL interesting i mean I've, well who would ooh. last decade who's better the like the lockout shortened blackhawks tampa where where'd they go yeah. i mean i mean season wise season wise okay I mean, not okay that's fair. yeah I, all right i, I, I'm I not get saying we are the best team of the last i'm saying in one season this current team gotcha i think gotcha. is the best one the 100 okay eight, I'm, I'm on page with you now i'm yeah, on page with you Points and wins-wise were a hair behind the 18-19 Lightning, but there were still things about that team. I watched plenty of their games during the season. There were still things about that team that I, I picked them to win the Cup. Let me preface it with that. But there were still things about them like, I don't love what they're doing here. Every game I watch of this team, I'm like, I just don't see how they don't get the job done. And I, I hate saying that because I don't want to jinx it. But at a certain point, like, what else do I need to see here? Yeah. Our biggest weakness is face-offs. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like that is hundred percent our biggest weakness. But like, that's it. That's like the one thing you can point like, well, they can get better at face-offs, you know, not getting goals out of their net, not five on five, not the penalty kill. It's fucking face-offs. Yeah. You can survive being bad at face-offs. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I, yeah that makes sense for you saying. I was like, dude, I, I would say that. Um, yeah, like Tampa, Pittsburgh, Chicago, you know, yeah. they've definitely had a good run of it of the last 10 years. I just mean right now, this, this, season. this season, this iteration of the Apple, because clearly we're, we weren't. Our season yeah. a couple of years ago knocked us. We could have won three straight Stanley Cups. That season was bad enough alone to yeah. knock us out of that conversation. I'm not that yeah. crazy. I'm yeah, crazy. No, I'm, I'm not that nuts. Yeah, I, I think that they said on the broadcast last night, this is the best Avalanche team of all time. Like we're watching the greatest avalanche team in the 27 years now, 28 years that this team has been around. This is the best. And that's saying a lot because 
Uh, those teams had Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Adam Foot, Patrick Waugh, yeah, and these teams. That 2001 team was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I think, like we're going toe to toe with that one. With yeah. how many Hall of Famers on that team? Seven, eight. A lot like, more than I can name off the top of my head. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like six months old, but yeah, like that's this team's going toe to toe with them, and even Peter McNabb, who's watched the Avs from the second they came to Colorado, was like, "This team is almost on par with them," and if they win a cup. I don't even think it's a question. I think they go down as the greatest Avs team of all time. Yeah, and- I completely agree. I, I also want to say that, like, I know I sound like a total biased piece of shit right now. I do want to preface with, if, if I see things that are bad about this team, I will name it. I am currently watching the Capitals as they are about to blow a 4-2 to two lead against the Lightning. I think the Caps suck, and they're going to get destroyed in the first round. My love for both of my teams is equal, I would say. I wouldn't say I love the Avs more than the Caps or the Caps more than the Avs. They get both of my attention accordingly. I watch all of their games. The Caps suck, and I'm not afraid to say that because I've watched every single one of their games. I've watched every single Avs games. This is the best team I've ever seen, and I saw the two straight President's Trophy from the Caps where they were on slightly better paces. I can tell you for certain, this Avs team kills them. In a head-to-head matchup, seven-game series or one game, they kill them straight up. They're way better than those versions of the Caps. Yeah, hundred percent. And this team is deep. They'll be fine. Like I, I just want the playoffs to get here, man. Like we're just we're gonna keep talking about this for the next twelve games, however many we have left, um, and just talk about ridiculous stats and comparing all this stuff because we we could have the central division potentially locked up by the end of next week. Like, yeah, I I don't know the magic number off the top of my head, but it's less than what the Wild need to secure the the second spot. So unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I'm excited. The Oilers game, I imagine, will be entertaining. Uh, the Jets game, I, I think we could blow them out just based off how they played tonight. And um, just how our season has gone against them so far. Yeah. We, 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 we could blow them out. It could be a boring game. But, uh, the stats. So we need six wins to clinch the Central, and Minnesota needs 10 to clinch the second seed. Six games. Okay. I feel pretty good. Minnesota's a pretty tough schedule. Yeah. We could have realistically have it. And that's going to drop as the wild lose more and more games. Yeah. Like we could talk about it being locked up and by the end of next week week and a half from now, maybe. Yeah. We could. So, yeah. uh, This is what a lot of the episodes are going to be until we get to the playoffs. We're hoping to get a couple of guests on uh, to do a little playoff preview. Uh, But I'm excited for it, man. I love this team. Let's just make it to the playoffs healthy, man. That's that's all we got to do at this point. As the biggest victory you can get for the rest of the season is if nobody else gets hurt, significantly at least. I'll, I won't tempt the gods with nobody gets hurt. Just give me not significantly. They can miss a couple games, you know, whatever. It's fine. And let me tell you guys, month from today, probably going to have game one done at this point of the playoffs. Probably going to be looking at game two. It's going to be here sooner than we think. We just got to survive a little longer. Yep, just a little bit longer. We got this. I got faith in us. I got faith. You know, we've we've waited this long. It's gonna it's gonna be a long month of waiting, but yeah. I know we can do it. So, with that being said, I think it's about time we wrap this one up. So, Les Christian, you got any words of wisdom to drop on us? I was yawning, so no. <laughs> well said. So that's anyway. how we'll end the show. <laughs> that's how we'll end it. So again. Thank you so much to everyone for tuning in to this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. The three of our last five episodes have been our most popular of all time. The, the Penguins one that we did last has shattered every record already. Even the ones that were established like a week prior, it's already well ahead of all of those most downloads in the first 24 hours. Most downloads, just period. And me and Christian talk about it all the time, just how mind-boggling it is sometimes that how many people listen to us and how many people reach out and tell us how much they enjoy it. Uh, We really do appreciate you guys so much. And we have a ton of stuff that we're working on. We can't wait to deliver some some special stuff to you guys once we get to the playoffs. And just to, to share that experience with you guys. 
once we get to the playoffs and if it goes the way that we're all hoping and imagining it will, it's going to be a very special experience. And I, I know I speak for Christian as well. when I say, I, I can't wait to, to share that with all of you. So yep. that's what we're going to get to do. We're going to get to do shows in person and not, not over zoom. That's going to be the craziest part. Oh yeah. The, the playoffs are just going to be so much fun. I can, I, I look forward to them more than, than anything really. So that being said, now we'll wrap it again. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay. You can follow the show at tell it as it is for all the updates on what we're doing, all stuff like that. But again, thank you so very much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week.